You're listening to Adam RMD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. What's up, guys? Oh, oh God. <coughs> Welcome back to another episode of Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Thanks for being so supportive. Keep it 420, man. And this is the 420 episode. So shut the fuck up, smoke up. All right. It was October of 92. The Melvins was playing with Primus at CU in Boulder. I had a half a tank of gas, half a deck of smokes, 20 hits of acid, half a bag of shrooms, huffed some ether. Broke into two science labs, stole a formaldehyde frog jar. Stuck it in a fucking toilet and kind of flushed it for about a half hour, laughing. Until a dean came in. Dean Wormer. <laughs> Didn't like that very much. Made a run for it, ran past the buffaloes, went into a history class. Stole a fucking tape recorder and three blank cassette tapes. Went to a frat house, drank some fucking beer, got chased out of there. Whew. Heavy night. <clears throat> Didn't like Primus. Didn't give a fuck. But Melvin's, oh my god. Recorded the whole thing, made a bootleg tape. Sold about 500 copies at five bucks a piece. Yeah. (laughs) Went and smoked another fucking joint. Was about to have my first threesome. And then I got busted. Still to this day, have never had a threesome. Don't fucking laugh! And then, uh... After I got out of the show that I broke into, I met up with a friend named Lynn. She said, do you want to go out into the woods? I was like, yeah! <laughs> oh yeah so we took a ride about 150 miles into the middle of fucking the mountains I couldn't have even told you where we were man she's like you ever done this I was like done what and she put my hands on the steering wheel I was like what are you doing and she pulled my deck out and sucked it while we were fucking going down the road We've had a blowjob like that before. When we got to the fucking place we were going to, a bunch of naked hippie girls with cool-ass tattoos all over them said, let's play hide-and-go-seek. Pretty fucking awesome, dude. 
ended up getting lost for three days. After fucking Lynn for a while, she took off for about four days later. And that's how I turned 21. <laughs> Actually, it was 93. Sorry about that. I guess that's how fucked up I am still. <laughs> if you guys have never seen the Melvins, you probably won't. Because this fucking thing ain't going away, but I definitely can suggest getting baked and listening to the Melvins. It's never a bad idea. Fans calling in. Hey, did you really play high and go? Yeah, I did. Yes, I fuck. Here's an eerie one for you. Son of Sam Day with Mike Diana. Enter Harvey and get old Sam Berkowitz. Oh shit. Oh shit. Ah, shit. Ah, shit. <laughs> Fucking Harvey. I will kill. I will. I'll do anything you say. I'll do anything you say. Yes, master. I will kill. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, it was the early 90s. I was in Boulder, Colorado, smoking a bowl in Canyon Park. Shit wasn't that great, you know, for me at that time, but the weed was good. And I met this guy, and he sat down with me, and he's like, Hey, do you care if I smoke with you? I was like, yeah, that's cool. Help yourself. Gave him the bowl. He's like, you ever been to Yonkers? And I was like, no, I don't really eat candy, dude. And he's like, no, those are bonkers, bro. Straight up. <laughs> he's like, no, man, I'm the guy who busted Son of Sam. I used to work for all these hit hookers and pimps and shit when I was a little kid and I would take down the license plate numbers and when a girl didn't come back, you know, that's uh, how we bust them. I was like, what do you mean? He's, I thought, you know, I heard he got busted on a parking ticket or some shit and he's like, nah, that's what the media told you. He's like, nah, really man, uh, I'm the one that busted him because the girl didn't come back and it was Sam that picked her up. It's like, no shit. It's pretty wild, you know? It's like years later. You know, that was like in the early 90s. Now it's 2016. Fast forward. I'm hanging out with Mike Diana. Excuse me. And uh, one of our mutual friends there in New York City. And it was Son of Sam Day. So me and Mike had breakfast at IHOP and got on a train and went to Yonkers with our buddy. And went through this gigantic graveyard, you know. And we we saw a deer, and me and Mike got a picture of us looking at a deer all baked. <laughs> a deer, a female deer. Um, and then uh, we were walking past this one strip, and this guy came walking by, and he had all these little toy dogs, like a little Scottish Terrier and Chihuahuas, you know, just little toy dogs, you know, man. They got about a hundred yards down past us. We were walking the other way. And the one dog got away. And we could hear the little bell. And we turned around. 
And that little dog was right behind us, and the three of us looked at the dog, and he goes, Hey, hey, I got to tell you something. And uh, we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We were freaking, man. The guy came back, was all looking at us like, man, you guys look like fucking assholes. Stay away from my dog. <laughs> but <laughs> we tripped on it, man. I was like, Mike, did you fucking hear that dog just talk to us and say, hey, I got to tell you something? He goes, yeah. <laughs> And I, I can lie sometimes. I try not to lie on the show, and I don't really lie on the show, but this ain't a lie. And if you don't believe me, man, Mike Diana will tell you the truth, man, you know. He's not really a liar. And that's what makes it scary. And real. Anyway, that's the 421 for this one. Summer of Sam and Son of Sam Day over there on uh, Elm Street. And by the way... Oh, shit. Well, here's the one story about my death metal band. And when we recorded this song called Skeletor, go back to the rock and roll episode and listen to that. But the one I'm going to play you and the one that gets played aren't the ones, the same ones. But uh, listen to it anyways, and I'm just going to tell you the fucking story. All right? You're going to be happy. So basically, uh, we had recorded this one on a reel-to-reel, and then the guy who actually recorded the reel-to-reel, he ended up getting turned in as a terrorist or some shit. <laughs> I'm not sure how that fucking ended up working out for him, or... I know, I just saw it, like a flash of it on CNN, and uh, he recorded our uh, uh, colostomizers you know, demo album or whatever. Um, but uh, that was uh, the one with Skeletor on it. So anyway, I can't remember what the fucking college radio assholes in, uh, in Boulder, Colorado, and they got wind of it, and they contacted my bandmate, Jeremy, and they were like, we want to put it on our fucking show, you know? And he was like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, at that point, we were like 23, 24. Pretty stoked about getting played on the radio. It was kind of hard to get in there. So it's this fucking song, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. And so we listened to this long, drawn-out fucking radio program, you know. We don't know when they're going to play it. We kept calling the guy on the inside, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know when he's going to play it. All right. <laughs> We're just getting nice and fucking baked. It's cool. The whole band's there. We just got done watching uh, Beverly Hills 90210, pretty much half the season. And then we watched uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. These were all preluders coming up to the uh, grand finale here of us getting played on the radio finally. It was pretty good. What else did we watch? Love Boat? Hee-haw. 
I know we were watching a shitload of Hee Haw and a shitload of Love Boat. That was pretty cool. Holy fuck. This is some pretty good weed. So anyway, it finally came up. <laughs> and they went to go play it. And they put it, they had it on an A-track, you know? And the guy put on the A-track and he goes, okay, this is the band Colostomizers. And he said our name wrong. And we were laughing our ass off. And he goes, this song's called Skeletor. Let's see how evil it really is. And as soon as he did it, all of the fucking town blacked out, dude. I swear to God. And me and Jeremy were like, oh, fuck. Turned out fucking, they played the motherfucker. It set the console on fire. And finally they came back on the air about a half hour later and the guy was like, they must be the most evil band that ever existed because as soon as we press played on the thing, it shorted out our wire system and he didn't even know it, but it, it blacked out the whole fucking town of Boulder for a minute. And that's my Skeletor story, and all This is a story about how I fucking scammed two punk rock shows in one night. First one was at Cervantes, or whatever, man, Endeavor. And me and my buddy were running around, drunk as fuck. Same friend from the Castle Benita story, of course. <laughs> Criminals. It was badass, dude. The first one was pretty simple, man, you know, went in, the guy was like, are you with the band? We we're like, yeah. He's like, well, where are you carrying in? And I was like, oh, we're just going to go meet the guys back here. Uh, okay. Hey, Daglo Abortions, are these guys with you? And the guy couldn't see us, and my buddy held up a bag of weed, and he goes, oh, yeah, he's, they're with us. And they started cracking up, dude. We rolled a fucking couple joints. Talked about hockey. Pretty badass. You know, after that was over, Circle Jerks was playing up the road, man, at Bluebird. And so we went with Daglo Abortions to go see Circle Jerks. <laughs> and those guys fucking got in the theater, but we didn't have any money. We're like, well, this is going to be a little bit harder to get in, dude. We can't just say we were fucking hanging out with, uh, you know, circle jerks and roadieing. And my buddy fucking takes a fucking uh, a waterproof M60 fucking tight fucking bomb, dude, with a watertight fuse on it. Lit a fucking American spirit and then fucking let it burn. And he goes, we got nine minutes. And I was like, for what? And he goes, before this thing blows this fucking door off the side of the theater. I was like, oh shit. And he goes, but, so I guess you better get us in. <laughs> so I went up to the fucking guy and I was like, at the door. And I was like, hey, these fucking punk motherfuckers stole our fucking tickets, man. And they're in there fucking partying, dude. And the guy goes, are you going to point them out? And I was like, no. And he's like, good man. And he let all three of us in. It took me a better part of a minute and a half to get all three of us in for free. 
Keith Morris was up on stage with the weirdos and television. I thought David Byrne from Talking Heads was there even, maybe. And a bunch of other motherfuckers, man. Snake from Repo Man, the old bass player, you know. Yep, and uh, Keith Morris is talking about all this stuff going on. <laughs> stuff in the world, you know, things. <laughs> Pretty fucking funny, man. Finally, he gets to this point where uh, he's talking about 9-11. And he comes up at this point and, and he goes, And then everybody fucking heard it. It was the moment that it, that silenced the world. A fucking huge explosion. And as soon as he fucking said that, the nine minutes was up, and the fucking door fucking just went boom. And everybody's like, "Oh shit!" And I saw Keith Morris jump like about three feet in the air. He's like, "Oh my god, that scared the fuck out of me!" Security ran out there. Who the fuck gonna? And me and my buddy were just cracking the fuck up, dude. <laughs> and then after we got done, we hung out with Diggle Abortions and Keith Morris and Circle Jerks and a bunch of fucking bands, man. <laughs> that was the fucking best scamming. That was one of my best 420 scams I ever fucking did. And I think we smoked a fucking quarter pound of fucking weed that night, man. I shit you not. Oh, God. You know, it was like 98, right before I started working at Highlander Comics. I was working at this porn shop briefly <laughs> on Colfax, man. And, uh, you know, my, my, my boss was an ex-porn star, and she was like, dude, I only got one fucking rule, really, man. If, uh, someone comes in and they say they're a regular, then they can use the restroom. If they don't say they're a regular... They don't get to use the restroom. You got that? And she had this loose-ass blouse on, you know, her tits were hanging out. Haggard. She's seen better days. And I was like, sure, boss. <laughs> so, uh, she told me, you know, cops will come in sometimes and they'll go in the back and they'll do their thing. Just let them. They're gonna come behind the counter and put their own tape in and all this shit. Just let them. Just mind your own business and let them do their shit. Well, that was weird. I never had to deal with that part. Anyway, man. I was working this one night. It seemed pretty mellow. It was cold as fuck out, dude. I remember that. And these two crackheads came in and they were kind of scoping me out. And I was like, you guys gonna buy something? They were like, yeah, what's up, man? I was like, if you're not gonna buy anything, man, leave. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they laughed, you know. Then they came back about a half hour later. And they started fighting, you know. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, shit, man. And they were, like, carrying knives. And suddenly, man, this big-ass motherfucker, he was Samoan. He was an eight-foot male Samoan prostitute. 
and he fucking was like, dude. <laughs> and he grabbed these guys. His hands were bigger than fuck. And he threw them out on the street. And I was like, holy shit, dude. And he goes, hey, my name's Strawberry. And I was like, what's up, Strawberry? He goes, oh, you know, I'm a regular. Can I use the bathroom? And I was like, well, you just did me a huge favor. I said, go for it. He went in the back, you know. About a half hour goes by. No strawberry. I'm like, God damn it. And you know, it's illegal to lock your, or to keep your booth unlocked, you know. If a cop comes by and does a routine check, and your booth's unlocked, that means you're soliciting. So fucking, I looked under the fucking bathroom stall, you know, nothing there. <laughs> I checked all the doors, ugh. I got to the last door, and this little old Mexican guy, he looks up and he's got the sombrero on, and he's got this little grin on his face, and strawberry, you know, he looks up, wipes his mouth off, and he goes, it's just business, honey. And I said, you better get out of here. And I had the 86, the eight-foot male Samoan prostitute named Strawberry. And that's that fucking story, motherfucker. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, no. So this was definitely back in 2001 because it was the month before 9-11. And I always considered this to be the last sane day, you know. And it was when I drew a t-shirt for Tenacious D. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, Red Rocks, Colorado, hanging out with my friends, my girlfriend at that time, my boss from the comic book store, his name was Murph, and he was obsessed with Tenacious D like I was, it was pretty hot, we were all strung out on the HBO series at that time, oh yeah, so one day Murph goes, I want you to draw a t-shirt for Tenacious D, man, and then make a t-shirt, make a silkscreen and make a t-shirt and we'll fucking go up there and uh, to Red Rocks and go see Tenacious D and Ween. And I was like, Tenacious D and Ween, are you kidding me, man? I was like, what a fucking lineup, dude. He's like, no shit, that's why you gotta make the t-shirt, dude. So I made a t-shirt and I drew him as a two-headed baby. And if you ever watch the show, you know, the guy introduce, introduces <laughs> Tenacious D as being a two-headed baby of Molly Hatchet, Iron Maiden, and Black Sabbath. And uh, so we were selling them. And the guy from Red Rock Security came up and says, I know you're not fucking selling bootleg t-shirts right here in front of me. We were pretty fucking drunk and stoned, dude. And we're like, oh, no, man, they were gifts. And he goes, you better put those fucking things away or I'm going to have you guys arrested. So Murph somehow snuck up to the front and got a fucking T-shirt up on the stage. <laughs> and there's like 5,000 motherfuckers in this fucking place, you know? <laughs> and Murph was like, you know, waiting for the D. We were all waiting for the D, and then they finally fucking came out. And Kyle, you know, he sees the shirt, and they just start rocking. They don't care. About six or seven songs in, 
Murph has been yelling the whole time. Kyle! Kyle, look at the shirt! Look at the shirt! Kyle, look at it! Finally, after the seventh song, Jack and Kyle stop, you know. And they pick up the t-shirt. <laughs> and Kyle makes the comment. Oh, yeah. And it's nice outside. Smells of shit. Free ring. I'll go. And Kyle goes, Hey, man. Let's take questions from the audience. And everybody's laughing because everybody knows Murph's been yelling the whole time, man. Finally, he's like, I guess that's about it. And he goes, any more questions? And, you know, everybody's laughing harder. And Kyle laughs and he picks up the t-shirt and he goes, Jesus Christ, is this what this is all about? Look, he actually drew us as a two-headed baby. Call management, we want half of everything. And everybody cracked up. Fuck yeah, and it's nice outside. Shit. At the end, man, you know, Ween came out and said, I think Dean Ween said, I've never seen a longer line of Bettys stand in line to suck two rock stars fucking dicks like Tenacious D. Meanwhile, Jack and Kyle snuck to the back and hung out with me and my and Murph and my girlfriend. And Kyle fucking hit on my girlfriend the whole fucking time, dude. And I let him. Because it's the fucking D. And Jack Black sat behind me just stoned and cracked out of his fucking mind, you know? His eyes were so glassed over. And that was the legend of Tenacious D, man. Pretty good shit. Pretty good shit. I want to thank you guys for enjoying George Bailey. I've been so 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 Wow. You guys guys super stoner power was on too hard I want to thank you guys for being here today man and getting baked with me <laughs> brought to you by cup of noodles birthday cake the weed that's today's 420 blend I got a quarter can of Pringles and I'm drinking soda again because I'm a sodaholic.
Mm. People don't necessarily like my attitude when I'm on soda. Da, 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 da. Want to thank the Melvins, King Buzzo, Dale Crover, and at the time I snuck in to see you, the Lorax was playing. Hmm. I want to thank Tenacious D, Mike Diana, and our buddy. Sam Berkowitz, the guy who narked on Sam Berkowitz, <laughs> and a dog they arrested because of it. Here's to you, America. Daglo Abortion, Circle Jerks, Eight Feet Fucking Male Samoan Prostitutes. And my old boss at the porn theater. <laughs> Wow. This is like the best cup of noodles I've ever had, dude. Pretty wild. <laughs> Holy fuck, the Melvins. Want to thank everybody for tuning in. Yeah. And I'll see you guys next time. Because you know I'm going to be around next 420. You've been listening to... Adam Air MD, GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Some Labrador. <laughs> What's Labrador? It's dog shit. <laughs> <laughs>